now shooting the gap with Ryan and Gonzo. And gap. And shoots. Shoots and gaps. And does. He shoots and the gaps. Scores. That's how I got a kid. That's how we all got kids. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't get the name of the show. Remember like all those stories and stuff you used to hear about people like planning to have children? <laughs> what do you mean you <laughs> plan to have it? I just shoot it at the twat and... Oh, Doug. Twat. Couldn't afford Planned Parenthood. Doug does not speak nor support all of what shooting the gap does. Sorry. Disclaimer on that one. Uh, football camp, football camp, football camp, football. Football, 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 football. Pussy vacuums. Doug so. never does not represent shooting the gap at all. There. <laughs> um, the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the. Uh, yeah. We wanted to. We wanted to have this. This show after we'd made it to camp, but it just circumstantially didn't work out yet. But next week we'll do the show. We have been, we will have been to a camp uh, a couple times, which would be good because these first few camp sessions aren't really anything to say anything about. But I will say there's been plenty of talk, and I know that you know that too. There's been lots talked about them there. First and foremost, what I want to say is I can see the photos. I can see the. The fan shots and then what has come back from the first few days of camp. And I'm seeing the Denver Broncos sweating, <laughs> running like they're practicing. Remember how we would go to the John Fox practices and wonder, when do these guys get, when do they run? When do they, when do they, when do they build stamina? When do they get their wind? When do they run wind sprints? When do they do anything? They don't do they didn't do anything like that. And then I was watching on the sports center was at camp for our first day, and they actually did a pursuit drill. Do you know what a pursuit drill is? Yes. It's a drill where you pursue. You pursue. You throw the ball to a to an offensive guy. I was right. And he, he needs to run. And the drill is not over until every single person on that defense touches him. It doesn't matter if Sexually. Every, he's just going to keep going because you're tapping, you're tapping, and he's going to keep going until everyone touches him. So it's like sprints. We never saw them do that drill, and they're doing that shit right away. So this team is going to be in better shape. And what position they're gonna be, is that? That's, for, that's a defensive drill. That's for all of the defense. So like an off, uh, so you'll have the whole defense lined up. An offensive coach will have a ball. He'll say hut and give it to just one guy with no blockers, no nothing. Oh, okay. And he's he's a rabbit. We used to call him, go get go get the rabbit. So show he's me the, the rabbit. rabbit where the whole team touched you. Yeah. Touch the ball, you fucking faggot. Yeah, that's what you do. Touch the ball. <laughs> well, you keep going there. I can't just have it. Everything is is innuendo towards gay. So I'll just go ahead and cut through it. No, that was innuendo <laughs> to child molestation. <sighs> but anyway, I'm seeing a lot better drills. A lot, a lot better uh, movement. People. Wasting some energy, getting winded at practice like you're supposed to. Training camp's supposed to suck. It's supposed to be a pain in the ass. And John Fox's training camps look like vacations, Ryan. They look... Last year's... Two years ago. Two years. Last last few years, they've just all looked kind of... La-di-da. Everybody kind of meanders to the next drill. Like, the next drill is there. You don't hear the coach. You You don't... You see nothing really going on. It's like, it feels so divided and it feels so lax. It really did look lax. They, it looked like they 
weren't really doing a whole lot as far as training stuff. I, I expected more from a training camp because that's His supposed was different. to be, that was supposed it's that's that's supposed to be the suckiest practice. Well, I knew when for all the time you do sports, every veteran says I hate training camp. From from the time you you play peewee. I mean, when you start getting to to middle school football, you have a week which is like 3 days of, you know, practicing. That's like the shit practice. It's in the sun, you're running. It's hard. You know, and then boom, you get to high school and it's like two weeks of it. And it fucking sucks. It's worse than any other football practice ever will be. You knock those out and then you get in the season. And then you're supposed to have those lax practices because you're saving up for the game. It's more mental, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's similar in, like, uh, I'm not comparing it exactly. But <clears throat> when the military trains you at boot camp, <coughs> boot camp's supposed to be like the worst kind of training you experience. That is the hardest, it is the harshest experience you have. The whole idea is to break you of the idea that the next time you do something that's for real, when you do it for real, you'll be like, this still doesn't suck as bad as boot. You'll be prepared. You will be prepared mm-hmm. so that when the season comes along and you're in a grind-out game in week 10, you'll, you'll go, be able to feed well, at least it's like only 45 out and it's not 95 and I'm tired and shitty. That's, that's, what, that's what training camp is for. And it's really cool to see... Our boys out there working. I'm, I'm, that's what they needed to be doing. We can't be slowing down in the second half of the season, like like we have been, like Peyton has been. Which is the my next point is Peyton's workload is cut in half pretty much, and that is a significant thing. Period to our success. We comes back full <coughs> circle last week when we said what we'd like to see is less Peyton Manning, not less Peyton Manning on the field kicking ass. Less Peyton Manning doing stuff he doesn't need to do anymore. Tony no. Dungy used to rest him all the time. And it was a battle too. Tony Dungy has come out and said it was like you know he didn't want to. I had to, I had to yeah. assert myself as the coach and say no, you will not because I'm telling you you can't. All the deal. time. He, I mean, everybody used to say oh Colts went own four in preseason. Yeah, because Peyton Manning never played. He played like two snaps, <laughs> two series. Like, he he play a series he and then. And then Dungey he got, would sit him, and he go, "You're fine." He got his way a little bit after Dungey left, and you know he was able still. He, he's running the team, and you know now it's it's painfully obvious that he was kind of running the team before, at least within John Fox and Adam Gase and Peyton Manning. I'd say Peyton Manning might have been number one over those guys. It's it's quite possible, but this is obviously not Peyton's team anymore. And when I say that, he's not the runner of this. This team is. Thinking down the road, this thing, this team is thinking about every individual player that they have, and getting snaps for every individual player that they have, including a backup quarterback who doesn't have meaningful snaps. You got to get him any snaps. His most meaningful game time gameplay was against the Oakland Raiders, and he should have been in there the quarter eight before. game minutes. At least before he went in. You know what? You know what doesn't even sound silly to me. Like if we if we go through this preseason and things start looking good, second second game of preseason, Peyton looks good. Don't even plan in the third preseason game. Let's crying get, about being is, too tired. This is this is and then the fans say he is. So let's not play him. And this would be the most. I know it's preseason, but it's the most meaningful preseason game. And if you put Brock, I think I don't. I forget if we play in the third week, uh, third preseason game. But it's not a slump team. It would be. It would, it would be, could you look at our schedule? It would be a good opportunity for Brock Osweiler to go against ones 
ones and ones for a, f- a full half a football, and then you know go from there. Let's let's keep this deal with keep Manning off the field because I, whatever we said, we know what Manning is capable of, especially when he's a healthy guy. And and God, I I'd, I'd really like him to be able to to play the way that he plays in week four, in week 14, 15, 16, and into the playoffs, obviously. So let's let's rest him in any way that we possibly can. Did you get that yet? I'm bringing it right up. Um, it right last up. year, it was I, it felt obvious to me that his injury was probably a quad injury. I disagree that it happened in this Chargers game. I saw the alleged thumb tap to his quad. I don't see how that would hurt you mm-hmm. for three games before that happened. But um, what are we looking at? Preseason game number three. Uh, playing the 49ers. Cool. Yeah. That's that's go. a good team to play against. Decent defense. They'll uh, still be decent. We're playing they lost Denver. some guys. But we're playing them in Denver. Playing them at home. See, it's a good spot for Brock Osweiler to get a start like that. That's That it's should be our spot for him to go out and play and come out in the third quarter. Mm. What about, what uh, like what about game two? Um, at Texans? No, it's the, the preseason game number three is the most important preseason game of all of them. Like, that's when the... I know. when In the first preseason game, the starters play ten minutes. In the second preseason game, they play about 20 minutes, two or three series. In the third game, they play a full half. Like, that's where they get there. That's their dress rehearsal. So that's the most important game. And we're thinking about resting Peyton and letting our backup quarterback get some meaningful snaps in the most important preseason game, where it would be the first time that a a game is played. It's like almost real. It's almost real. Defenses are still vanilla. You always see see very bland defenses. But... He needs those looks. I mean, mm-hmm. those—that's good time to do it because you're going to see a lot of zone, in right those, off and those and those defenses. Those defenses are bland because they are either straight up man to man with two high safeties mm-hmm. or a some type of zone defense. That's you're not you're not going to see a lot of pass rushing because a lot of guys are trying. The defensive coordinators don't want teams to see what they got going for their pass rush. And that's that's perfect as you're saying for a Brock Osweiler to go out there and get the vanilla looks because. The way that you start to get the other looks is by recognizing everything first, and then you get everything else. You pick it up as you go. We need we need that first step for this fucking kid. It's been way too long. First step has got to come quick, or we're not going to be able to get anybody. So let's start moving along with this fucking guy. Let's just get it done. Shane Ray looks really good from what everybody's saying. Um, Von Miller looks incredible. Which Von is, Miller's going to destroy people this year. It's, he's gonna. He might break the sack record. He is he is gonna have more one on ones than he's had in a long time, and I guarantee Wade Phillips is gonna make that happen for him. Because Demarcus Ware is gonna play the number one position for that, just because he's more, more comfortable there, and obviously has had tremendous success at that position. So that means Vaughn plays kind of the offside, but that doesn't mean anything because Wade Phillips is a very smart <laughs> defensive coordinator, and in no way is gonna limit how many. It, Pass attacks that Von Miller can get. He's going to try to get more. He's going That's that's what he's there for. Wade Phillips notoriously gets head coaching jobs because of his ability to defense, coach defense, and to show that he can take guys who aren't that talented and say, okay, I only have like one or two studs on this defense, and turn it into a top tier defense. When he was coaching those Dallas teams, it was like there was where. And maybe one other guy, whether it's in the defensive backfield or up, it was up a front in the seventh. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's there. It was always pretty, but pretty much that defense was filled with a whole bunch of just guys, just guys. But he takes linebackers, the, fast linebackers who can tackle. So 
who can, can do make, what he needs them to do. He can make he can make a defense that's already yeah. half decent. He can turn them into because he really he doesn't ask you to do what you can't do. He gets you in the position to do your best. And, and he's never had guys like this all in one fucking spot. I we can talk some shit. We got elite defensive players. We have six returning. Uh, pro has, bowlers, five returning pro bowlers on the defensive side of the football. He has That's five. huge, bro. And 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 to be honest with you, this and is, Shane Ray this is one up? of the one of the best secondaries he's had a defensive as a defensive corner. I have no doubt about that. So he's I got two he's top stoked. ten cornerbacks on his team, Ingram both sides, with a great little nickel guy in, in Roby. We're gonna do great with T.J. Ward, or we're gonna play that kid from Baltimore out there. We're gonna be we're gonna be proficient. And beyond that, like it's, I said, that, like I said last week, my only qu- questions and concerns is how do we look against the run? I want to know how we can st- how we look against two di- the two different types of runners: mm-hmm. your power backs, and the bangers up the middle, and the fucking speed, fa- fast, finesse guys. I want to mm-hmm. see how we can get to the outside edges to to tackle those guys. And that's it's, the Jamal Charles of the league. As far as Trevathan and Marshall go, they're still being held out of team activities. They're only doing individual stuff. They're bringing them back slowly. That's all precautionary. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about an injury. So, so let's bring them back. I want however Trevathan slowly we to need be to. 100% when he comes yeah. back. It was quite clear he wasn't quite 100%. And that's typically how what you he get. To play? That's typically what he how to play? you get injuries. He to wanted the to play. We needed your body. People are always shocked when we needed him, and that's a good attitude to have. We want. We needed. I, I love the heart. I love like, the heart. It, but it just got, didn't work. It it, it's work. it's never it's 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 always a risk when you bring a guy back who's not 100. percent It's just always a risk. And a lot of times they injure the opposite side of the body, which is exactly what happened because they're overcompensating. So yeah. his, but, I think, I believe, if I remember, right, was just a quirky mm-hmm. injury. I mean, it just happened. It just happened. So he he. But, but what we do know about Trevathan, not so much Marshall. Marshall Moore's a head-on guy, but Trevathan can cover side to side as far as those those elite. Jamal Charles won't get outside on Trevathan. Trevathan will take the correct angle and what might be a six-yard run for Charles in another offense and another against another defense would be a two-yard run against Trevathan because he does get out there. He's SEC speed. I know he went to Kentucky, but Duke can ball. Um, he, he can play some fucking football. Um, and how will Trevathan fend against the White Walkers? God, get out of your nerd hole. This is the sports show. <laughs> okay. I liked it better when we were doing the sports show first. We didn't too. have any nerd things we, to say. We haven't had any significant injuries, and I don't mean that in a bad way, because this kid, Kyle Williams, who, who tore his knee, um, that's a shame, but honestly, bro, he was he was brought here to maybe compete for some special yeah. teams. But, I mean, I mean he, he, he was possibly, if when you look at our wide receivers, he would have had to have an amazing camp to compete for that fifth spot, because I'll tell you who's competing for those last two spots, and he wasn't up there. And I'm pretty sure with the way it's already gone, it, it's going to stay with these guys already competing for that last spot. It's, it, it wasn't him. He's And so he's gone. So mm-hmm. whoever he was probably isn't going to make the roster. So Sorry, bro. That's tough. Malik Jackson had a strain. Um, I think it was a, a hamstring strain or something to that effect. Precautionary took him out. Let him heal. No need to worry about him. Keep him hydrated. Keep the guys, keep... Give them some Gatorade. That's a sports thing. Yeah, exactly. Gatorade is a sports thing. People do consume Gatorade. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. I mean, when you look at our number, our one, two, three wide receivers, is Demarius, 
Sanders. Number three is going to be Cody Latimer. I'm pretty Damn sure it. this he's number three. So you got two spots for the th- for the fourth and fifth because I don't think we're going to keep more than five receivers, not within this offense. So we have Jordan Norwood, Andre Caldwell, and this new rookie. Did you hear about this new rookie that we drafted? I've not heard. You have not heard of but Jordan Taylor is his name out of Rice, six foot five, uh, speed threat to get deep. Apparently, he's already made some big catches at training camp. A one-handed snag that got the crowd going pretty good. So he's already turning heads. The wide receiver position is going to be a that's it's those three guys in my opinion, unless something switches up. But it's those guys. I mean, I, I liked Norwood last year. I, I thought he would make the team. Even as just we, a return guy. We liked him last year. The, we got to go see two practices. Uh, I went to two. And the only two that you could. And he he was all over the fucking field, dude. All over the field. And after the, the scrimmage we went to, like a week later is when he blew his knee. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a damn shame. The kid, he's been he's been around the league for a few years, I think, maybe five. And he, he has a chance to play with a guy like Peyton Manning. He, he can get open. And that's all Peyton ever wants. Like, that's why he's dangerous. If you can get open as a fourth option, he'll get you the ball. He'll get you the ball. That wide receiver is, is down to that. CJ heading into camp is number one. I see you, CJ. I see you, CJ. Uh, he should be number one, but that position hasn't really switched up a whole lot. From what I've heard and what I've read, Monte Ball is out there a lot too. So it's our, our two-back system is going to be CJ Anderson and Monte Ball. If it goes according to the Denver Broncos plan, I everything I think I think we'll see like a huge difference. That this isn't going to be a. I feel like this is going to be for the first time in offense where, first time in a long time for Peyton Manning where they're going nope, we're not doing that your way. We're doing this our way, mm-hmm. and Peyton Manning's going to have to just learn. And I think. I think he respects the guys. He's. He's working with now I think he looks at it like I think they've all sat down and decided like we'll do some things you're comfortable with have to we'll do things that that work for you but you're going to have to do some things that work for us and our offense because this is the offense we run and it's it's coming it's 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 coming right along and and you're you're right we'd be crazy to not you know have a package where we put him in the shotgun and let him run some I mean we got to that's that's danger right there if we can come out and run an ace set with two tight ends and Two receivers, and you know, run, uh, run ten different run plays, ten different pass plays out of that set, and then come back out with three wide, tight end and shotgun running back in the backfield with Peyton Manning. Like it, it can, like that could be a really scary, scary, scary thing if we can get this shit worked out. Well, especially I, I mean, wish Kubiak would have been here four I, years ago. I, I, I really do. I, I look at it like the I like the idea of the high. It's high speed offense thing. The problem with it is, is if you go three and out, your defense is gassed. They're coming off. You need to sustain drives. So the pros to a, a high pace offense, that quick, just no huddle, hurry up to the line kind of stuff. You know that it has a lot of tendency for error. It gives you a lot of tendency for big plays. It gives a, it keeps their defense on their heels. Blah blah blah. It keeps their guys on the field. They're not fresh. Blah blah. But you screw it up three times in a row, you're done. You didn't move the ball. I, That's I, why it's I, good to I have like it the, as an option. I, I not like your only as, offense. I, I, I like that exactly. That I like was our offense. A, I like it as the ability to do that as opposed to that being the offense because 
you have an offense where you can go, okay, now we're going to bring out three. Now we're going to bring out four. Now we're going to bring out base sets. We're going to be be in the eye, like, out of no, which is just weird, but for Peyton Manning. But we're going to be in the eye. We're going to be, I mean, it's going to be a whole bunch of different looks. If it goes according to plan. If it goes according to plan. I think that's what the team needed was more looks. Similar plays, but more All the plays are the same. We just quit being in the same goddamn offensive set all the time. Quit being in the fucking shotgun all the goddamn time. It doesn't really change too much up except where the receivers are at as far as, what, is he on the line of scrimmage? Is he off? How far is he out? How far is his split on this one? Like that, It doesn't change anything else except for the same linebacker who doesn't have to pay attention to Peyton Manning because he's in shotgun. That's it. He's not going to... If well, he fakes a handoff, run. it's not even on me. You it's on even everyone have else. To run a spy. No, like you're like not no, worried there's, about spying. There's people. an element of having to pay attention to more in the backfield. What's going on? And hopefully it works out. I can't wait for for preseason game. We're still about twelve days away from it, but it's gonna it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Good time had. You by agree, Doug? Yes, fun will be had by all. It will. And I want to give a shout out. Or right by quick. most. I want to give a shout out. This is. We're gonna give a huge shout out later on to a to a different man, but Von Miller deserves some some love real quick. Um, removed from the NFL's drug policy, he is no longer a part of that. He has walked the line. He will not be tested anymore. He is not part of that group. He did what he needed to do, got through it. Congratulations, Von Miller. Go have your year and get your eighty million dollars guaranteed next year. That's what I'm hoping for you, man. I'm hoping it's an eighty million dollar guarantee. Say goodbye to Peyton Manning, by the way, because we need to pay Von Miller. So. Mm-hmm. And probably DeMarcus Ware, too. But let's get what we can out of these guys right now. We're going to have to go do some things that I don't necessarily think... I, I, I thought the Broncos are particularly good at, which is drafting defensive line guys. We haven't been, but we didn't have the right guys here. We did not. We have the right people in the draft room. We do. Whatever Wade Phillips is, he's an excellent defensive coordinator and he's great with talent. We have that. I'm sorry, John Fox, whatever he was, not a great drafter. We got some, but not that many. I mean, Sylvester Williams has looked good. Sylvester Williams has pushed through that barrier. I've heard actually this this week when, when it was hot and everybody was was sweating and feeling pretty bad about it. He was still motoring and, and running around keeping people pumped up. So, you know, hopefully Sylvester will work out. But Fox wasn't we haven't drafted that that well. Roby was an obvious pick, in my opinion, if you had that opportunity. Shane Ray was was ballsy moving up and grabbing an impact player like that. And that wasn't Fox. That was that was Coops. Well, and that was, that was I, this I mean, organization. That's, that's that it, some people like, you know, oh, Failed drug test. I mean that once again. Pot, dude. We do stupid Pot. things when we're younger, mm-hmm. but there's guys who grow out of it. Justin Houston, who end up getting big contracts and are big time players that mm-hmm. you can you can count on them to be pros when they get to the pro level. You just got to put the right guys around them when they get to the pro mm-hmm. level and not let them go out and be stupid dudes with money. Manzo. Yeah. Can't, can't can't be that. They gotta have the right structure around. It. I think Shane Ray does. Well, I know he does. He's got Demarcus Ware on one end and, and Von Miller on the other. He's got Demarcus Ware, who's who's played his whole career clean. 
and never, I don't think DeMarcus Ware's ever been in trouble. I'd have to double check that, but I don't think he has. Von Miller's just coming off of some trouble, and let's just admit his trouble was just pure, I'm a stupid, stupid dude. And like, how fucking dumb can I be today type shit. Um, so that's actually good in one way where he exactly. can go, let me tell you, it doesn't work out very good for you. All that shit might cost me a mill or two because of, in the long mm-hmm. term I'm going to get a little bit less money than I would have gotten because everybody goes, well, yeah, let's drive that's, that's why this. That's why being off of it and, and completing his service to the NFL as far as the drug policy goes helps him tremendously going into what should be his best year. Like. I have, this should be his best year. He had 14 sacks last season, 14 and a half sacks last season, coming off of uh, being half-injured on a very vanilla defense where he took on way too many blockers. So it's, it's going, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm so happy that camp is back. Our team is looking like a football team again. We're, we're, we're running. We're, we're, we, have a, we have an example, not an example, we have an idea. We have a model of what we want to do as a football team. Not let's get what we can out of Peyton Manning and hopefully we win a Super Bowl with it. It's let's get this team going in a certain direction and have Peyton Manning as the fucking quarterback for it for this year. Maybe even next year if this shit works. If he wants Maybe to take a ten million dollar pay cut, he's got to take a huge fucking pay he's cut. Take a pay cut. I, I'd rather pay Von Miller. What, what? What? I would too. What do you expect? Last year when I called Peyton's stats, I was very close. Even though most of them happened. Like on the first half of the season, I wanted. I said, if he throws forty touchdowns and forty five hundred yards, we'll be in a good spot. He threw forty seven hundred yards, thirty nine touchdowns, and they were all within like the first nine to ten weeks of the season. Not all of them, but the the great numbers, the epic Peyton Manning numbers, were all in the first ten weeks of the season, and then it dropped. If you get some consistency out of that, honestly, this year, I'm thinking thirty five hundred yards. If he throws for thirty five hundred yards. That'll be amazing. He'll still break the passing yardage record. He'll still he could still get thirty touchdowns easily. But that's, in my opinion, us doing what we want to do. I want to see him in the thirty-nine, four thousand yards passing in a league like this. Um, but I I want the stats to resemble an offense that moves the ball with big plays here and there, not looking for big plays, not those 60-yard touchdown bombs to Emmanuel Sanders, which I loved, but, you know, it seems so obvious that it, it seemed like a home run ball was trying to be thrown a lot last year. It was. It was. Um, <clears throat> I'm not looking for home run ball. I want to see I want to see quick passes. I want to see the chains moving. I want to see, you know, little flare passes to, to tight ends, running backs. I want to see, like, I want to see a different look all the time. I want to see the ball be spread around. I this, if this year, if coming this up offense, to the next segment. It'll, I'll, 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 I don't have DT in my top five statistically. If, um, if this offense goes into what it's supposed to do, I would disagree with you. Say I will be looking for some big plays because I've seen the Houston Texans come into Denver and beat us. Uh, same big play just because their running game was working. And you come off of that bootleg and hit Andre Johnson or whoever that white boy was who caught the second one over the top of us. It it's the big plays are there. What I think what I think you're you're getting at what I think I'm getting at is the fact that when you run this offense, you do look for build plays, big plays, but you build towards them. 
It's not every play is looking for a big play. You're doing certain things to set up the big play. And if the running game is going the way that we want it to go, zone blocking, all that shit, the big plays will be there. It'll be something where, oh, that's going to be that stretch stretch handoff to the left again. Oh, Peyton kept it, turned around. Somehow he threw the ball 45 yards on a rope <laughs> type deal. Somehow, for sure. I recorded something. They, they were talking about Peyton earlier and this week and showing him missing throws, and he missed a lot. They showed one where he had Sanders. Another one, not in the Rams game, another one. He had him deep. I just had to throw it 50. Threw it about 42. <laughs> it just didn't get there. And there was no one at his feet. There was no one at his face. There was no one else to blame <laughs> for the ball not getting there. Falling out of the sky. But anyway, I, I will be looking for big plays off of play action um, in this offense. Um, if, if they're not there, it's because his arm's not there, I would, I would say. And I know that Brock Osweiler has that arm and can bootleg and set up and throw the ball 60 yards. I know that he can. Uh, but we'll see. We're hope, we're counting on Peyton Manning to be healthy and rested. He's got a good quarterback first name. I'm not sure. Yeah. A good quarterback last name. He it, sounds like it would have been a great fucking quarterback uh, last name back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. when Norman Van Brocklin and all these. <laughs> Osweiler would have fit in fine. It would have been great. <laughs> Nowadays, no. It's a little different, but we can go with it if it works as we creep into the five times. Five times? Hi, Doug. Five times. Five times? Five times? Top five, five times. times? Top five times that Doug five times. Said something about. About what? Molestation. All right, you know, so. My last one was about uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, there's a lot of molestation. There's a lot of rape. I saw so the guy that wrote this. that. He looks like a dirty fucking dude. That makes sense. There's a lot. No, the the, the the no, yes, but in the in the book, wrong. In the book, there's not as much rape. No, right there now. is yeah, substantially less rape. Oh, so it's the producers that write the rape on the HBO. Yes, it's like the, when a girl, when a new girl appears on Game of Thrones, it's like two things: when, when is she, she get naked, when is she getting raped, <laughs> and then when she die. <laughs> Sometimes during the rape, or when she gets <laughs> naked. Well, I didn't write the show. I've just seen it. <laughs> Fucking ew me. I just saw it. He's just uh, giving the recap. When are they going to start having dragon sex? That's what I want. Oh, I'm going to start seeing the dragons fucking. Totally. Right. Um, Gonzo. Right. Gonzo is venturing into, fi- into fantasy football this season. He's got his own team. He is now a manager. Gons and Roses. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm on fantasy. I've never done it. He will be very frustrated. Which is why I've tried to stay away from it. <laughs> but you'll see the joy that it brings into watching <laughs> games everywhere. I'm already like so frustrated with like just the one football team that I love, let alone following other All people who are supposed to perform for me that I'm going to draft. <laughs> you're going to hold personal resentment. Because I, I don't. Because I think I'm smart. I'm like all those other guys who think that, that I'm smart and I should know what's going to happen. But I rarely do. I mean, I picked three out of the four Final Four in the in the tournament this year. That was that was out of sheer luck. I had a tremendous gentlemen. bracket. And not Andrew if, luck. If I would have if I would have submitted luck. that particular bracket, probably would have won most most bracket. Yeah, I don't know. That's still a, it's still it's it's either way. It's it's on to fantasy football. So we're gonna open Top up five. with a bang. Wide receivers, 
wide receivers, and we're, and we're predicting. These are predi- we're projection. Project- projections. These are top five projections. Our top five. There's going to be some surprises in this. This is all about that. Gonzo's going to be surprising me, so I'll go I first. I think so. Oh, because okay. my list is not very surprising. <coughs> I don't think. Number five, uh, Julio Jones. Uh, getting a lot of targets, getting a lot of love. Um, he almost made mine, and you know I don't like Julio Jones. I, I, I know you're not much I like of a fan. I with him down at the schoolyard. You and Julio down mm-hmm. at the schoolyard? Yeah. I see you and Julio down at the schoolyard. That's not a Garfunkel song. Okay. Um, lots of yards, lots of scores, big-time target, big-time playmaker. Matt Ryan loves to throw him the ball. He's going to make some, some things happen. Um, number four, Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to get targeted oh, I a about lot. Him. He is going to get lots of targets, and he does not drop the ball. He's going to get lots of touchdowns. He didn't, he didn't, wasn't getting the looks early on because Victor Cruz was there to get all the looks for him. So and he was still feeling his way in. He, Honestly, it was rough for him. Initially. It was it was a rough it was a rough start. He was still feeling out his. But I think he's he's definitely you're going to see him take. A, I mean, he's already took a huge step. Just the last eight the, games of the season. The last eight games, he yeah. was incredible. I think he's going to continue on. Uh, number three, Des Bryant. Ooh. I don't think becomes. I think he becomes more important on this offense without Demarco Murray. I think he's going to. I think they're going to target him a lot. He's going to get a lot of touchdowns. Can Can I say something? I don't disagree. But if they do end up having to target him more because of that, it'll hurt the team. But his numbers might go up. I anticipate him having big numbers this year. Uh, number two, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. He is pretty much the sole target. He always gets triple teamed, double teamed. Quadruple teamed. Nothing good Everybody is just staring at him the whole time. He still makes catches, still makes yards. If he's healthy, he will be the number two fantasy wide receiver in this league because Matt Stafford loves throwing him the ball. Who the fuck else is he going to throw? He ain't ain't slowing down. Um, Number one, I don't think it changes from last year. It's Antonio Brown. He talked about a guy who loves to get the ball thrown to him. We talked about Roethlisberger kind of keys on a guy. He... Keys on Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown can turn five-yard receptions into sixty-five-yard touchdowns Quicks. in no time. The guy is great with the yak. He is great at catching the ball. He's great. Are you gonna yak? He's great. No. Speaking no. of yak, <laughs> um, I also have him as the number one in standard and PPR league. So he is. I mean, I, I would. I would almost. Consider taking him as my first pick this year. Oh, uh, good list. Uh, mine's a little more just going out on a, on a limb here because I haven't done fantasy, so I'm just thinking of who's already awesome and who isn't. You you mentioned the guy that was going to go on mine, but m- my number five. Hear me out, Mike Wallace, moving to Minnesota. The guy from 60 Minutes. No. Moving from Minnesota, Adrian Peterson coming back. Teddy Bridgewater made Fuck huge strides, and he's about to go into his second year. I think he'll be a better quarterback. He throws a great deep ball, likes a deep threat. Safeties come in when you have a guy like AP. They've already said they're going to run the ball. He's going to run the ball 35 fucking times a game. I can see Mike Wallace going 1,400-plus yards and 10-plus touchdowns. I can honestly see that happening with a, with an offense like Adrian Peterson, and a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater stepping up. And there's always some dude who tears it up 
Didn't think would do shit from the year before. And he shows up and has a great year. So I'm, I'm jumping out on a limb. Going out on a limb with that one. We'll see. Mark that because that's the most likely for me to be wrong. Uh, number four, Mike Evans. Um, they already named Jameis Winston the starting quarterback. Whatever Jameis Winston is off the field, he's a good thrower. <laughs> the dude knows how to throw the football. That's going to be his best friend, Mike Evans. They're going to put the ball up. They're going to throw a lot of footballs this year. Um, they're going to try to get the fans. They're going to try to get people back in the stadium. It's going to be exciting. If anything, it'll be a PR move that gets Mike Mike Evans fucking 1,500-plus yards uh, and 10-plus touchdowns again. Because that's the standard from what I'm checking out the last few years of, of fantasy-wide receivers. It's like 1,500-plus yards. Like That's that's the notch. That's, that's the guy shit. Uh, number three, because... He does it, and it's amazing. Like he was higher than I thought he'd be on the list, but he is a fantasy nut chomper, dude. Fucking Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. They run the same shit, and he gets open on the same fucking play all the fucking time, dude. All the time. Other guy with good yak. Yeah, that's good yakking. Nut chomper. Nut chomper and yak. You guys are just making this shit up to fuck with me, right? It's the same. Who Jordan says guys? it? I do. He just did. I'm going to bend her over and show her the 50 states. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. <laughs> what? Number two, and I, and I highly disagree with you on this, uh, Demarius Thomas. I expect him, he's going to be, he's going to have 100 receptions. He's going to have 1,500 yards. <clears throat> he's going to have 10 plus touchdowns because that's what Andre Johnson did in that offense. And... And then Metallica. <laughs> because that's what Andre Johnson did in that offense. And Demarius is a very, very talented wide receiver who can do everything that Andre Johnson did. Um, and he's going to have a guy that's going to get on the ball. It's going it's to be there. They're going to make plenty of opportunities for him. Number one's Antonio Brown. The guy's a beast. The guy's a fucking beast. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be coming off, coming into his second year with Todd Haley as the offensive coordinator. Same concepts. Same stuff they're dealing with. He is a smart quarterback. He will make better plays. I fully anticipate Antonio Brown having more yards than he had last year, more touchdowns than he had Contract last year. Year, I believe, right? Yeah, he's gonna ball yeah. the fuck out. He's looking. He's, gonna, to get he's paid. looking for Calvin Johnson money. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it will happen. I mean, you would. I would Carol say he t- deserves it if he if he gets it. To be honest here's, with you, I here's feel the like thing: he the Calvin Johnson money that contract's like three years old. Right. So nowadays, getting that is not the same thing as it was given it then. Right. It's a different thing, but yeah, he he's a stud. The dude, the dude has, you know, when you wait to catch the ball when you're running, because mm-hmm. if your hands move, the defensive backs will move. Mm-hmm. He just, just running. I'm running. I'm pretending to run, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking up. That ball is like right by his face, and he like his hands Throws come out, his hands out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And nowhere. The dude has incredible footwork. Incredible hands. He's a nice guy. He's not in trouble. The only knock on him is he's a fucking stealer. That's it. That's it. The guy's a fucking stealer. He plays with a rapist. Antonio Brown. Two Slightly times! less rape than Game of Thrones. Allegedly. Slightly less. That's why I said slightly less. We'll just leave it at allegedly. Or slightly less. All this rape talk is making me uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable. So we're gonna move on to show anymore. child actors who were molested by their producers. No, that's not the next. The next top five. Well, that's list. all of them. That's <laughs> that's just the underlining theme of everything. 
Uh, we're doing top five child actors who never made it. Never made it. Now, this was a weird one, which I had to explain to myself, was, okay, so they, when you're a child actor, it's not making it. You have to make it afterwards. Correct. Okay, that's what, that's what we're going with on that. Uh, interesting list. There's a lot of, a lot of faces I saw in the last two days that I haven't seen in a long time. Do you want me to go first? Some of them left me a little bit off. You never go first on, I'll go first on this. Quit calling Recording a show. We're in the middle of stuff. Um, I'll go first because, yeah. because I like. Stop calling him James Hetfield. I like this one. Um, number five, Tina Yothers. Jennifer from Family Ties. Mm-hmm. I loved her. She was never the prettiest, but she was so sweet. And she was just so awkward. She was she was the Jan of of the of the Keaton clan. You know, uh-huh. didn't. Didn't ever go her way. The boys were never that nice to her. All the episodes about her sucked, and you know she got fat. <laughs> she, they, they really went along with her. You know, they, she. I remember she like had a. She she did the Tiffany thing where she like sang songs in the mall mm-hmm. as well. Um, she was trying. It just did not work out for Tina Yothers. Still, she's got that squishy face with the little eyes. Beady, beady eyes. Yeah, beady. You gonna like my chicken? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number four. Michael Fishman, DJ from Roseanne. I'm gonna make my list. Love Roseanne. One of the one of the best shows. I couldn't say Sarah Gilbert because she's done things. Yeah, she's her. on the not the View. Oh, the, it's a show like The, the view. Voice, The Cunts, I think. Or what? Yeah, The, the Cunts. Gaggle squawking squawking cunts. Squawking twats. Squawking twats. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um, yeah, uh, DJ was, you know, I didn't want to, re- I didn't really concern myself with masturbation until the episode where DJ was, until the episode where DJ oh. was masturbating, and it was, it was pretty hilarious, because I'm like, damn, I'm older than that kid. I should go masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you think about things when you're a kid. Fuck is right. <laughs> Number three, Jonathan... Lip Nicky? Oh, from uh, Toby Maguire. Jay Not Toby Maguire. <laughs> Whatever. From one Toby of the, Maguire. One, one of the Maguire's friend. He said Jerry. He, he was funny in that movie. I don't even like Jerry Maguire, but that kid was memorable. And he said, did you know bees and dogs can smell fear? And he goes, you said fuck. <laughs> like, he said that. I went and saw that on my birthday with my girlfriend in junior year. And like, he goes... You said fuck. I went, ha ha! People were mad because it's a romantic movie. I thought it was about a sports agent in the draft. <laughs> I went. It was s- not. He's a, apparently it was a drama. When, romance. When, when I saw it, I couldn't help but yell, and this got me into trouble. Where she goes, you had me at hello, and I went, bullshit. <laughs> You had me at your Tom Cruise. Why don't you say that out loud? Real quick, does anybody else feel like the Jerry Maguire love story is the least believable or feel yeah. good or anything? Like I had no like point who's coming like with Jerry. Jerry like Maguire no one would. fucking loved her and that she loved him. No, at yeah, no point um, did I see the love. I did not feel the loves. There's no vibes. No, no it's that was like it she went on to write about it in her diary. But I mean. She's got that. that face where she looks like she just sucked on a lemon and it's all scratched up. But you really pull it off. 
<laughs> she got that fixed. She got that. Now she's not in movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now no one recognizes or gives a fuck about her. Uh, number two, Edward Furlong, John Connor. One of the John Connors. Two. The Cursed John, John Connor. John Connor, Terminator 2. I was almost done. And then you would have known exactly which John Connor I was speaking about. The best one. The Riding one. around listening to Guns N' Roses on her illegal motorcycle, ripping off people out of the banks. Hacking ATMs. Easy money. Playing at the arcade. That's with the dude from you... Salute Your Shorts. It's a good fucking time. Edward Furlong. He got really weird, I guess. Like, really weird. Lots of jail. Lots of drugs, As lots of alcohol. Um, Was in a crow movie. It, oh, that movie. As Still haven't you seen it. do that movie. You know who else is in that movie? Tara uh, Reid. And, no, that's uh, a and Angel. No, you're right. No, no. Tara Patrick's the porn star. Tara Reid is. No, you're right. Still, <laughs> I think. Sure Edward Furlong probably a, fucked a shark in Sharknado. Such a right? promising career. Um, American History X was like supposed to be his bounce back. That's not good when you're. When you're, you know, bouncing when it's back four years later, eleven. Yeah. <laughs> when it's four years you later, change it all up. Uh, Edward Furlong, number one. This was obvious to me, and it's not Macaulay Culkin. It's Jerry Mathers, the Beaver. The beef. The Beef, man. Never went on to do anything but be a joke about what he did before. That's why he was on Married with Children. That's why he was on like everything he showed up on was just to make fun of. What he had done before, mm-hmm. and, his, and not done, since. and his fake older brother who was a weird guy. Yeah, that guy was weird. Tony Dow was, was that yeah. dad, or was Tony? Tony Dow was the oh, uh, was the dad? I think that was Beef's dad. Yeah, no. he was pretty normal. Probably just a real big racist guy. Guy in the fifties. You want next? <laughs> yeah. You got next. Uh, honorable mention: River Phoenix and Corey Haim. Um, River Phoenix is actually a really good actor. I can't really blame him for not getting anything since he killed himself. With yeah, that's, that's why he hit me because he died. <laughs> Kill himself or OD? OD. Well, Speedball. that's sort of killing yourself, I believe. Speedball! The ever um, famous Speedball. But my number five, because of also sentimental value, was Ben from Growing Pains, Jeremy Miller. Oh, nice. I, I, I'd I'd go like with I kind of wrong. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I'm like, you mean Boner? How'd it go with Boner? Uh, I, he was always kind of an awkward kid. Always like, It seemed like every episode that he's in, he's always some kind of coming-of-age kind of situation. So, uh, Number four, Corey Feldman. I thought, I thought one of the Corys would have made your list. I really but he was like 22 years old making <laughs> movies. Like He was like... Dream a little dream. He was well past being a kid. Oh, yeah. Well, then you won't like my number three. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who did stuff a little bit when he grew up, but... What? Uh, He was on an episode of Veronica Mars. Okay, so that's fine. No, he didn't do shit. He didn't really do shit. Jonathan Taylor Thomas should make some lists. Because he is really short, and his voice is adorable when you're younger. You know, Simba. He was Simba, yeah. Uh, not adult Simba. That was uh, Matthew Broderick. Right. Young Simba. Yeah, he had that single. adorable voice for somebody his age and stature. size and stature. So, But when you get when older, you're not it's kind of like... Fucking it. Yeah. When you, it's like, oh, you're 35? <laughs> it's kind of weird that you sound like that. Um, and then, number two... How much time we got? Funny you talk about people who 
people you talk about like get made fun of for things they used to be in. Gary Coleman was just nothing nice. but made fun of. <laughs> but wasn't he forty when he did that show? Yeah, no, like kidding. I. <laughs> he wasn't, but he always looked like he was the same age when he. That's was a 40. disease thing, though. That's it not is. okay. Well, he still didn't do shit after. Fair enough. Um, and number one is Nikki? absolutely. Number one is absolutely Not Macaulay Culkin, who just looks crazy <laughs> as fuck and weird. And you seen the bear bandies in? For a while. He was. He took her for. Oh, he's banging her for like six, seven he years. He took her and for. And she was like, "Oh wait, I'm Mila Kunis, and you're Macaulay Culkin." And Ashton's done fucking his grandma, so I'm gonna hook up. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> now let's be honest. It was Bruce Willis's grandma. So. It was a grandma, nonetheless. She She's started looking grandma. like she started looking more like Skeletor. Like every like you wouldn't see her for a year, then bow she'd be out there like. <laughs> you'd be like, like, aren't you gonna wear makeup? No, okay, <laughs> no. Because you know what? Ashton was waiting around for the daughters to get hot. They didn't. <laughs> but he dipped, and he's like, boom. Mila Kunis was there the whole time. I had her it's in my so pocket. obvious. I should have just. And then they broke up, didn't they? Or are they still together? They're still. Together. They're still together. Okay. That's the super couple for the, a while now. I think that's the power couple. Well, I wouldn't say power couple because Mila's the only one that really has any talent. Yeah, because Jupiter Ascending was a box office. Smash. She's been in good stuff. She's done she good has. stuff. She's yeah. in Ted. It did well. She wasn't in Ted too. They wrote her out of it. Because she was like, "Why the fuck would I do that again?" <laughs> Because I've even Mark Wahlberg's like, I've never done a sequel, but I'm going to do this. Like, Mila Kunis is like, I'm too busy being in Stupider Ascending. You know that there's like some little creature inside Mark Wahlberg's head that tells him what to do. <laughs> he does not make decisions on his own. And it's, it's just a little called new kid. Wahlberg. It's the long lost new kid that he absorbed through his face. And he sits there and tells him what decisions to make. And that little fucking weirdo liked Ted. And was like, you want to do Ted too. And everyone else was like, why would I? Except for the blonde. Of course she did it. But no one else wanted to do Ted too. No one else wanted to do fucking Ted too. Where's, where's fucking Flash Gordon? He's not in Ted too. Yeah, he is. Well, he shouldn't be. <laughs> like, really, He's yeah, all, I didn't like, see that stupid totally fucking movie. Totally and I'm not going like a couple to. Times. I'm not going to see it just to spite you guys. Okay? That's yeah. what I'm going to do. It's pretty funny. I feel like you're missing out. Yeah, I feel like you missed out when you went there. I feel like you missed out huge and watched the same movie. Like that's why you came back and said it wasn't the same movie because it was, and that's pretty much. You right. can feel bad that I watched Million Dies to Million. I feel Ways bad that, that I went and paid for that fucking movie. No, I didn't. I did. Seth MacFarlane can get suck it herpes and die can for suck all I care now. Rotten hell, fucking. What is he? Irish. Irish Catholic, is yeah. Irish? Rotten hell, you Mick. Fucking Mick? You Mick bastard. I'm glad y'all chose me over the Mick and the girl with the huge jugs. What was that from? Simpsons. When Moe's in the drinking contest, when he's in the pouring contest, the mm. bartender contest. Moe Mo wins, but they don't put his face on the calendar. That's why Moe goes to get plastic surgery, because he's ugly. And then he ends up back on the soap opera that he was on for a while. Going around taking revenge on everybody. Him and then Homer goes on for the revenge tour. I have no idea what you're talking about. When Mo gets the reconstruction, I mean, I, yeah, no, I don't he remember becomes that pretty. One. He back on pretty Mo? Soap. Soap. Uh -uh. soap. 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 Soap.
Okay. You're supposed to know these things, Doug. You're the producer. You run a pop culture show. The Simpsons have been part of pop culture for a long time. That was when they were part of a 15-year-old episode. (laughs) Um, My honorable mentions. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Butch Patrick. Eddie Munster. Oh, Munster. Nice. Didn't go a goddamn place and has the whole, like, Eddie Haskell thing. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he's on stuff because he's Butch Patrick and never did a goddamn thing. On The Simpsons, he made fun of himself. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, you remember that one. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, also, on a real mention, and Ryan will appreciate this, and you said uh, the whole thing about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. All the kids from Home Improvement. Like, well, all of them. The older brother went is like... No. Didn't do anything. I think he's like on a... Dude, one of those fucking cop shows nowadays. Sure, yeah, him and Steven Seagal. That's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. No. <laughs> um, my <laughs> number is really not going anywhere. <laughs> my number five, because he's actually kind of making a comeback. Zachary Tybride. Why do you know his name? I don't know. <laughs> his face is still fat as fuck. Uh, Haley Joel Osment. He's starting to kind of come he back. He was in Tusk, so no, and he was in another big, uh, another big thing um, that was indie. Like he's he's kind of making he's a. He's also getting to be who? a big thing. Mm-hmm. Haley Joel Osment. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get any. He's Chubbs, but he's in stuff. I remember when Howard Stern called him cute. Weird. That was last week. No, it was more like he didn't know that that was a <laughs> the kid from Sixth Sense. He, he just automatically went, oh, it's a girl. So. Oh. Um, number four, Ariana Richards, the girl from the first Jurassic Park. Hmm. Word. She went on to do a bunch of uh, sci-fi movies that weren't Sharknado. Um, oh, that's going somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You could at least build <coughs> Sharknado. That would have been something. Number three, Barrett Oliver, the original Sebastian from um, <laughs> Neverending Story. Nice. At least the guy from Neverending Story like was on that underwater show and then hung himself. Terrible. They all seem to kill them. Zachary Ty Bryan was on Knight Rider. The relaunch? Uh, 2009? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't the one where he wasn't alive, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> or when he was... I've got it. I'm or, thinking. Hey, you don't know. <laughs> I got a good idea. Maybe he's like the baby under the hood that like powers Kit. We don't know. He was on a season of Buffy. Who? He's from here, isn't he? He was Peter Nichols. I re watching Buffy and I don't fucking screen. know who that is. He was on Slammed. Yeah, he didn't go anywhere. Was, yeah, no, he didn't. It, it was a good list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two. I think there's so many people you could put on the list. Oh, there's so many. Like, I wanted to get like 200 people list. I couldn't find any. Number two, Eddie Furlong. The Curse of John Connor. Doesn't matter which one. I mean, Pet Cemetery 2 sucked. That Crow movie. Oh, that doesn't even get mentioned. That movie was so bad. I didn't like the original Crow, so... I, I fell asleep I during the second Crow in theaters. I fell asleep during the second Crow at my girlfriend's house. We'd watch movies, then when they sucked, we'd, you know, jerk each other off halfway through it, and we didn't even want to do that. We just fell asleep. 
I went to go see the second crow while I was sick with my mom and uh, fell asleep. <laughs> Poor her. She had to, my mom had to sit through the whole movie, whereas I like drunkenly passed out went, oh, I just assume it was a fever dream. Yeah. Um, it was not. And number one, uh, Jody Sweeten. Oh, okay. Jody Sweeten? Yeah, yeah, I knew that would be Stephanie? on the I thought somebody would get that one. Well, pin a rose on your nose. She said that. Right. How rude. How rude. Well, pin a rose on your nose is better. How rude is like the obvious. But that was her. It's like saying when you talk about like, the, the Olsen twins and you're like, you got it, dude. Oh, I forgot about those little horrors saying that all the time. Yeah, fuck them. They're like... Well, they've wasted all their millions. They're like poor now, right? They I mean, killed Heath Ledger. They did kill Heath Ledger. Um, but yeah, Jody Damn it! <laughs> Sorry, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, Jody Swinton was my number one. I mean, and she grew up. Arch grew up right. The Indiana boys on the Indiana nights. Sure, is that an Eagle song? No. Like Don't throw that at in me, this. <laughs> Doug. But is it is a not a misfit song. It song it rhymes with ready and dreading. Go away, Doug. That's what I think of mm-hmm. right now. I agree. We're gonna go on to a fastball. I got a fastball. We're gonna open it up initially with. This is about the uh, fight last night. This is uh, the day the after. The fight last night. The day after the round of Rousey. Pummeling 34-second victory over the Brazilian who should not have said any of the shit that she said. Um, my point to this is that I don't think it's good for the sport at all. I think it brings in numbers. It generates numbers. It brings in a wider audience. Um, I know that the UFC right now is experiencing the height of their popularity. So when you are a, a business, and this is a business, you uh, try to maximize what you can. And they will. They're bringing in a huge audience with, with uh, the women as well having Ronda Rousey be the face of MMA. And she is the face of MMA. But she's ending fights. She doesn't have any competition. And everyone's really, really happy about it. I fear the Mike Tyson reaction. I fear the collapse afterwards of quality fighters because they're not knocking people out, which is not what MMA is about. It is not about that. That is my problem with it. That is one side of it. My fastball to you, my good friend... Can you give me another perspective on this Ronda Rousey explosion and its effect on UFC? <clears throat> well, the reason I think why Ronda Rousey is so incredibly popular right now is she, first of all, she's very charismatic. She's very likable. Um, when she does interviews, she's not in your face. She's, she's a very likable person. Um, she is a great fighter. She embodies a lot of the things that people want to see from MMA. Um, she's all about pro- production of, of, of her brand, but also she she embodies the production of, of UFC. She goes out and she's fearless. She doesn't fight like... Like, when you think of girls fighting, she definitely does not fight like some of the other girls. She goes she out like there... Girl. She don't fight like a girl. She beat my ass, I'll tell you that much. Um, she's badass. She's badass. Um, I, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't necessarily think that she would 
ruin the sport if she gets knocked out. I think it's a sad thing to say this, but it's true that because she doesn't have any competition, if only one person knocks her out, I think that initially will be good as long as she's able to then go beat that person. But then after that, that person needs to remain undefeated as a female fighter, which she probably will if she's able to beat Ronda Rousey two times. So I don't think it's bad for the sport. The sport, I think, itself in its own problems is it doesn't have a great heavyweight division right now. Um, there's not a whole – there's a lot of fighters and a lot of different fights, and it's hard to – it's almost hard to keep up. One thing that boxing did great early was have a, a stable of decent young fighters, but their heavyweights were well-known, badass, knocking it down, just knockout artists. I mean, that was a great thing about boxing is when, when you had knockout – when you had knockout artists in boxing, that was when boxing was great to watch. But the MMA is not about knockouts. That's not MMA. And, and she, she go watch boxing. But she also doesn't just knock people out. She wins by submission too. That's not my point. My point is the, the longevity of it. And you're saying that that the UFC is lacking from a, a heavyweight division. All the heavyweights do is knock each other out. So what you're saying that fans want to see, MMA wise, is just dudes knock each other out. I think I think casual fans want to see that. I think MMA fans don't care how a fight's won. MMA camp fans care very much how a fight is won. That's the only thing I know from what I've read in all these quote-unquote MMA fans. One of our best friends, Scott Johnson, cares very much how a fight is won. Uh, that's why this is, I mean, that's why American fans boo when there's grappling, when that's what the sport is. And then you go to Asia, go to other places, they don't boo when the fight's happening because they're fighting. Americans want to see knockouts. They want big guys knocking each other out. That's not what this sport is supposed so to be about. And then you pissed off the Lord. I didn't piss him off. Ronda Rousey did. But I don't think I don't think she did. I don't think God's mad. Or real. So I think we'll be okay. Or bowling. That. Okay. <laughs> or he's bowling. But a strike. But that's that's the no, that's I don't the think deal. He's I, think, I mean, what, what you're saying is what American MMA fans want are big guys knocking each other out. No, I think that's just good for the sport. How's that good for the sport? That's good it's for not every, the sport. Dana White has specifically said it's good for the sport. Dana White's a jackass and has done things incredibly wrong to fuck over the sport. If you talk to other fighters and, I mean, and read about him as well, there's a lot of there's a lot of things he does. Dana White there's a lot of things that he does that he does right too. He's part of the reason why UFC is as big as it is right now, and Dana's all the money that he had as well that he had behind it to push it. And it's fighting. And if he wants to turn it into a knockout sport, that's fine. But don't call it MMA anymore. Because it's not. That's knockouts. That's call standing out there, knockout sports. That's standing there and, and getting pushed in your head until you get knocked out. Well, I mean, it's the same reason why the NFL or feels boxing. like it has to pander to casual fans, too. I mean, the NFL, the NFL, uh, pro sports just always pander a little bit to casual fans. They just NFL do. panders to the fans that, that are just pissed off about other things. I mean, if... if if, if the whole deal about the UFC is to try to just gain fans, and if, if it's detrimental to the sport, it, Chuck Liddell was cool, but he did one thing. Right? What did Chuck do? Crush people. Knock people out. <laughs> That's all anyone wanted to see him do. He'd stand there with his hand there, and he'd knock you out. That's not, that's not, that's not the Gracies. That's, that's not about Valetudo. That's not any of what the sport is designed for. Go go have a heavyweight division in boxing and knock each other out. That's fine. Get punch drunk. 
Enjoy it, and then pretend like no one's ever heard of concussions before. Have a good time with that. <laughs> what are concussions? I don't know, but that boxer's over there trying to eat his shit and pick his ass. Probably because he's eating his shit. <laughs> that's but and, and I, I understand what you're saying, but that's that's where I come off as it not being true to the sport. Everyone likes walking, watching people get knocked out. Go to Google and watch World Star and watch people get knocked out all the time. And that's fine, but if that if you want to see sport and real fights, real fights go to the ground. Real fights. Don't, you don't get a lot of punching. You don't take a lot of punches in a real fight. You don't get to get a lot of punches in a real fight. Those punches are precious. Like you cut, you catch three good punches. That's 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 the end of a real fight. So like MMA was supposed to, and as and what it did because before striking was involved, they all learned how to to grapple and and you know, do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and and do these other things. And the thing about Ronda Rousey is she is amazing at judo. She is a great ground woman. She's obviously highly advanced in the uses of an arm bar. She knows how to do that at any time. She can pop that thing out in like two seconds. Quick, except in, uh, the problem with how it will fuck up, the problem with how it will fuck up the sport is that they don't have anyone to give her. That's the problem. If you put someone else with her, that's fine. You can have knockouts. Knockouts are cool. I agree. You can have them. But to have the face of your, your company be this ender who you drop the money for, and it, people will get mad. That's that's going to happen. That's what happened with Tyson. People were mad about Tyson. By the time Tyson got knocked out, people were pissed about all the money they dropped on Tyson fights. I think a lot of that has to do with the way boxing used to be promoted, too, because boxing used to be promoted as, yeah, yeah, yeah. That last guy that Tyson Tyson fought, that guy was a bum. That's what they Don't just did. About. That's what they just did. This chick was supposed to take Ronda Rousey to the third round. I think we talked about this with Chase. Yeah, so don't, so don't say that that's what boxing was doing when the UFC just did the same thing. I, and promoted is, it exactly the same way. And that, that's how fighting's always been promoted. And that's what's wrong that's, with it. That's, that's, that's fighting, the problem. That's fighting in general. No, it's not. That's, that is when it gets corrupt, and you know that. That is not yeah. fighting in general. Fighting in general is way outside of that. When it gets to other parts to try to sell a product, that is not what fighting's about, ever. It, Ever it, it always that. comes full circle that way. It's just the money becomes too big. And it Ryan, that's big. what it comes with everything. Mm -hmm. But that's not the essence of it. You don't see the essence of hunting is money. You don't say the essence of playing football is money. You don't ever say that. The essence of fighting is not that. It's not. No, I meant fighting as the sport, not fighting as the fighting. Football is the sport. The essence is not money. Hunting is the sport. I, I the essence is not that. Uh, that's... Do you? Because you're you're not you're not coming with me on that walk. I, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying. I'm done with this episode. Where the fuck is my producer? <laughs> Get your fucking ass back in here. He poops like ten times in one episode. Dick, I think we need to have a talk with him about his bladder. Need to kick him in the jejunum. The jejunum. You ever been punched in your jejunum? The essence of making money is about is how money surrounds it. The essence of what fighting is, I mean, essence is not even mean. That. It's it's about learning discipline and, and keeping yourself humble. That's what the essence of fighting is. Boxing, 
took it to a whole other level. And UFC is just trying to copycat it. UFC is only trying to copycat it. As much bullshit as they talk about boxing itself, I'm one of the people that thinks boxing is pretty much dead. Um, UFC fans clown it, boxing's dead. Well, of course it is, but y'all are just following in the footsteps and it's the same model y'all are doing. And how quickly has it risen? Very quickly. It could be bad. I like that they offer free fights. I like that. I don't always like the free fights. Mm, it's not but they're there. the best fighters, but they're That's why they're free. Fights. That's why they're free. Because they don't need your money at that point. They're doing what boxing did, and it's it didn't work out very well for boxing. They're doing what boxing did, but not admitting that they're doing what boxing did. So, you know, we'll find out real shortly. Dana White's going to either crush the UFC or make it bigger. He seems he's to gonna, think he's making it bigger. But he is <laughs> making it bigger, but that's not the point. <laughs> it's going to fall. He's going to put Misha Tate out there again to fight Ronda Rousey. Everyone wants to see that fight for the third time. That's good. Is this going to change? No, she's going to beat the shit out of her. And everyone's going to be like, oh, she's so awesome. Well, duh. Can we get someone that can fight to fight this fucking broad? What we have to say is, Ronda, you're going to have to retire if Cyborg can ever come down to your level. If, if, if you fight Cyborg and she's the one that everyone says can beat you, that's over. Then it's over. If you, you fight her and you all. lose, you have to disappear like... Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. No <laughs> one gives a fuck about that movie. That was 4. That was 3. Exactly. It was 4. It was 3. Let's not argue. Oh, yeah. Ronda Rousey. 3 or 4. Or Joni Law. Law or. What? China. Ronda Rousey or China. Well. One's a roid-raged-out bitch, and the other one's a economic... Staple of, of the world. Oh, season... Uh, Halloween 3, okay, I stand corrected. I wouldn't fuck with him on horror movies. That was the one without Michael Myers. Which it was, was the bullshit. one about masks. I know, with witches? Ugh, gross. Um... Rob Zombie or White Zombie? White Zombie. Easy. Moving on. White Zombie, easy. Jim Beam or Jack Daniels? Jim Beam. Jack Daniels or Jameson? Jameson. Jameson or Tullamore Dew? Jameson. Oh, he went old school. That's Tullamore Dew. Tullamore Dew's old school. Yeah. And it's better. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. I agree. It is. I'm Irish. You're a Jew. I don't. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm Scottish for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, I've had both. I'm with him. I don't drink a lot, but really, Tullamore do. Like it's better. It's smoother. Better. It's actually Irish whiskey. Jameson's not Irish whiskey, but it's not bad. That doesn't make Jameson not bad. It just makes it not true. It's lesser. Makes it lies. <laughs> makes it lies. Thank you for uh, listening to our show. Love you, T. Bye. Bye. Her name is Buffy. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!